Hey everyone and welcome to the 45th episode of the Liam McCollum Show. Today's interview was with Chris Ingot, a Purple Heart recipient who served in Afghanistan in 2012. He's the Concerned Veterans for America Grassroots Engagement Director in Billings, Montana, and I brought him on to talk about House Joint Resolution 9 that passed a couple days ago through the Montana legislature. This interview was recorded on April 21st, and the resolution passed on the 20th. I also wrote an article on this resolution that was featured in Antiwar.com and the Libertarian Institute, so I'll link to that there. But remember to go subscribe to me on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now here's Chris. All right. Well, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Liam? Good. Do you want to just introduce yourself really quick? Yeah, my name is uh, Chris Ingot. Uh, I live in Billings, Montana. Uh, I'm an Army veteran. I served in Afghanistan in 2012. I was with uh, the 44th Military Police Company. Uh, we were tasked with uh, training the Afghan police. Uh, and so we, we did that. Uh, and on June 26th of 2012, uh, we'd been in country for six days, uh, and I got hit by an RPG. Um, I'm, I'm kind of stubborn, uh, and so I stayed in Afghanistan for the next five months, uh, walking around on a bum leg until I got to the point that I, I almost couldn't walk anymore, uh, and they sent me home. Uh, and I didn't want to leave because at that point there was a drawdown in, in troops, and if I left Afghanistan at that point and went to Germany for treatment, then I wouldn't go back to my, my people there in, in Afghanistan. And I didn't want to leave them. I trained with them and trained with them and, and I wanted to complete the mission. And so I stayed for as long as I could. And uh, when I came home, I uh, had multiple reconstructive surgeries to correct the issues. Uh, I was in a wheelchair for a little while and had to walk with a cane for several years before I was able to, to walk normally or somewhat normally again. And uh, I enjoyed the military. That was, that was going to be my, my life career path. That's what I was going to do. Uh, for the rest of my life until I retired, uh, and uh, there was other plans in, in motion. So, and now you're with CVA, correct? Yeah, and so I get to continue that mission. I get to continue to fight for for those freedoms that I fought for uh, in the service. Uh, and the mission of CVA is to to break down barriers that prevent veterans from realizing their full potential, and we do that through the political process. Uh, so we um, we pushed the Mission Act back in uh, 2013. Uh, which allows uh, veterans to receive care outside of the VA. Uh, the, I don't know if you remember the Phoenix VA uh, scandal that came out back in 2014. Uh, they called them the death lists. Uh, if you haven't looked into it at all, um, it's, a, it's a real deal. And uh, veterans were put on this, this list. Uh, they were terminal uh, and they couldn't take care of all of the patients that they had. Uh, so they kind of got put at the back of the line. Mm-hmm. And they started, veterans actually started dying on these lists. And then, uh, then people started getting on board with the Mission Act that, okay, there's a problem, we need to, we need to fix this. And, and CVA pushed the Mission Act uh, and got that passed in 2017 to allow veterans to have care outside of the VA if the VA can't handle how many veterans there are. And it also provides accountability for the VA as well. Um, yeah, CVA's goal is to break down those barriers uh, for veterans to receive the care that they need uh, to have a foreign policy that uses our, our military in the way that it's designed and, and is supposed to be used. Yeah, and currently, um, yesterday actually, Montana Senate pushed by CVA, they, they passed House Joint Resolution 9, calling on the national government to end endless wars. And I do want to get into that, but before that, I just want to dive into your deployment and maybe do you have a story explaining how you became maybe disenchanted with American foreign policy or how you became um, 
or how you got to the position you're at today? Yeah. Um, so in 2012, uh, I was, I was hit by the RPG. Um, and like, uh, like I said, it was my, my career path was the military. That's all I, that's all I had a mind to do. Um, I had no other plans outside of the military. Uh, and so when I was uh, medically discharged, I was, I was lost. Uh, and I found different ways to try to continue that. Uh, I was a commander of an, of an American Legion post here in Montana for two years. Uh, so I, I tried to continue to, to live in that brotherhood for, for as long as I could. Um, but then 2019 rolled around uh, and I was looking at the, the statistics for veteran suicide rates. And I saw that the VA pushed out the, a new number for, for veteran suicide rates. And it's at 17, 17 veterans a day are committing suicide. It's no longer 22 veterans a day. And I, I thought, well, maybe, maybe something with the VA is working. And I started looking into that report and I realized they pulled the numbers for all DOD uh, soldiers and veterans uh, that are still actively serving, whether in the National Guard reserves or active duty military, all of those numbers are pulled out of that report. And when you go to the DOD website and you look at those numbers on the DOD and you add them up together, we're still at 22 veterans a day. And I saw that, uh, to me, that looked like number manipulation. And, uh, and it infuriated me that they're, they're manipulating these suicide numbers to make themselves look like they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was angry. Uh, and so I started getting into trying to create a nonprofit uh, here in Billings that would help veterans get care uh, through other avenues outside of the VA. Uh, and there's so many different programs around the state for veterans to receive mental health care that they need. And, and there's chiropractors around town that have plans and programs for veterans. And, and I just wanted to put all of those in one place to get veterans uh, the care that they needed. And I started working on, on putting that together. Uh, at the same time, I was trying to run my own business. Um, and another gentleman came in, his name is Blake Furman. Uh, he's a, a former ranger. And, and he started this organization here in Billings called the Veterans Navigation Network. And all the stuff that I was trying to do, he was already in the process of doing as well. Uh, so I, I just handed off all the stuff that I had and I said, here, you got, you got the 501c3 that you need. You have your, your group of directors and you have all that stuff. Here's, here's all the work that I've put together. Um, I want to see this work. Uh, and so I started getting more involved in, in not necessarily the, the political process, but uh, how, can we, how can we help veterans find fulfillment in life outside of the military? Because their identity gets so wrapped up in being a, being a soldier or being a Marine or a sailor or an airman that when, when they no longer have that, their identity is taken away from them, they struggle. And so how can we give that back to them in different ways? Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID, COVID hit and I lost my business because of all the regulations and all the, the top-down solutions to supposedly help with this pandemic, I had to shut my business down. And uh, that's when I, during that, that process of shutting my business down, I got connected with Concerned Veterans for America. And they're like, uh, we, we need help in the Billings area. Uh, pushing some of these policies uh, and getting a community built down there. Is that something you'd want to do? And I said, absolutely. I, w- I want to get people together that want to help fix the problem, uh, not just apply a Band-Aid and, and not just try to find um, outside solutions. Because uh, if we don't fix the core problem, uh, the problem is going to stay there no matter what. Has CBA, is there a community here now? How, how successful have you been? Yeah, we, we have a community that meets every week here in Billings uh, of, of some pretty core leaders that want to be more involved. 
Uh, they're continuously bringing more people in that want to be involved. Uh, we have a rally that's happening next week. Um, you know, we're continuing to grow. Um, and it, it just, uh, there's some times during COVID where it slowed way down and, and people weren't wanting to meet, but we found ways to meet through Zoom and, and we had a, a successful operation um, making phone calls, pushing ending endless wars and stuff like that with these these volunteers of, of people that want to make a difference. Yeah, and you definitely have made a difference um, if yesterday was a testament to that. You helped write House Joint Resolution 9. Do you want to explain right. what it was? Yeah, so we we found the core of what it what we wanted from a West Virginia resolution that they were that they were trying to push, and so we pulled that uh, from their website and and we restructured it to fit Montana and Montana values. Um, we want to make sure that it it fit with us. It's not you know we we don't want this to be a one size fits all uh, resolution. We want it to fit every single state that decides that they're gonna they're gonna push a resolution like this as well, um, and so. We uh, we worked with our our policy and legal team to to craft this document that that fit Montana, that people would want to support, and and that tells our our congressional delegation what's important to us as Montanas uh, as Montanans, especially uh, in in light of our our veteran population. We have the third highest capita of veterans in the nation. And what does it specifically call on the national government to do? So uh, it calls on uh, President Biden uh, to uh, to withdraw our troops from Afghanistan. Uh, it calls on Congress to to repeal the 2002 authorization for use of military force. Um, we're not against war. We're not against conflict. If if the president sees a threat and that the threat needs to be responded to, then absolutely he has the authority to respond to those threats. Um, but we need to have more more oversight into what we're doing around the globe. Uh, and, and having open-ended authorizations is not the answer. And so we, we want to have authorizations um, that, ha that feature a geographic location, that, that feature a mission and a scope of what we're trying to accomplish, and that also have a sunset clause. So once we've reached that, that mission, we can look back at it and go, okay, did we accomplish the mission? Or if we didn't accomplish the mission, how do we need to restructure this to ensure that we are going to accomplish the mission or accomplish whatever we're, we're trying to do and if it's not possible, then bring our troops home. Yeah. Uh, and right now we don't have that with any of our authorizations. The current authorization for Iraq that keeps our troops in Iraq was signed in 1991. Uh, and, and so I was, I was three years old when that, when that authorization was signed. Um, and, and Congress has the ability, even if, if, if Biden or Trump or whoever is president sends troops where, where Congress doesn't think they should go, they have the, the authority to not appropriate that war. Right. That's that's their job. And they can stop it dead in its tracks by just not appropriating it. Yeah. Um, but they just they appropriate wherever the troops are. And, you know, and it, 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 the narrative that gets pushed is that if they don't appropriate, then they don't support the troops. And, and, and we've not not a CVA, but as veterans as a whole, we've we've pushed this narrative for a very long time. Uh, just because you don't agree with the wars in the Middle East doesn't mean you can't support our soldiers and you can't support our veterans. You can do both. And it's the same thing with appropriations. You can support our military and not appropriate a war that's wrong. Right. And, and I think not appropriating it is actually supporting our, our troops because you're not putting them in harm's way for, for pointless reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so this is the, Montana is the first state to pass a resolution of this kind, but is this expected to go through West Virginia then? 
Yeah, I, West Virginia is expected to go through. Uh, Florida's uh, pushing one as well. Uh, Colorado has one as well. So we have other states that are starting to model theirs after ours. Um, where this isn't going to just be a one-off where Montana says that enough's enough. Uh, we have other states that are following suit across the nation and, and we have to continue to support them. Um, a lot of people see a, a resolution as a letter to Santa. And, uh, and if, if, it, if the resolution is signed and it doesn't go anywhere and, and nobody does anything with it, then absolutely it's a, it's a letter to Santa and it doesn't accomplish anything. But we have a grassroots organization that's in, in multiple states that are going to continue to use this resolution to create pressure on our congressional delegation to let them know that, hey, we're, we're watching, we're paying attention, uh, we've had enough. And do you think that our current delegation in Montana is, will they move in that direction? What's their history like? Absolutely. Um, yeah, Senator Daines, um, Representative Rosendale, and Senator Tester are all fairly supportive of, of withdrawing our troops from Afghanistan. And, and so we just want to continue to keep that pressure so they don't change their, their viewpoint or change their opinion on, on what we should do. They should continue to follow what, what the people of Montana want them to vote on. And, and the people of Montana have spoken very almost unanimously that that we want our troops home. Yeah, because this this passed 47 to 2 in the Senate, is that correct? Correct, yeah, 47 to 2 on third reading in the Senate, and it passed 95-3 in the House. Wow, and the objections have just been that it's a letter to Santa, or there's some people who actually think that the executive should have this authority. So the, the that's the main uh, opponent's viewpoint is that uh, it's a letter to Santa and it's not gonna accomplish anything. Um, some of the other other things that we've heard is that um, it's going to limit the president's power to respond to threats, and that's that's not the case. I mean, the article, uh, the the Constitution is clear that the president has the authority to respond to threats, um, but it, but it's the responsibility of Congress to keep that up. If if the threat is still there, it's it's up to Congress to take control of that situation afterwards uh, and and provide that oversight. We can't just have uh, the president sending our troops willy-nilly across the globe. Uh, mm -hmm. That's not what our that's not what our military is designed for. Yeah, and then about a week ago, President Biden announced that he was going to delay the withdrawal. I think the original was May first, and then now Correct. this withdrawal will be September eleventh. What is your personal opinion of that? So uh, yeah, the the original withdrawal date was was set for May first. The Trump administration uh, reached an agreement with the Taliban and with the the country of Afghanistan uh, to withdraw our troops from from Afghanistan on May first. And uh, President Biden has uh, one of the things that that I really am enjoying about this is that he's not just pushing out an, a never ending time frame. He's not just saying that I disagree with with this uh, this withdrawal time frame. Um, so we're just going to push it back, but we don't know when we're going to bring our troops home. He's mm -hmm. actually set a date, date for himself that this is when we're going to bring our troops home. Um, so I'm supportive of the fact that he does want to bring them home and that he has placed a date on that. And so we're going to continue to provide the pressure that we need to to make sure that he, he maintains that date and that he does bring our troops home. Uh, and we're not going to let him forget that that's the date. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's my hope. And that's, that's what I want to see is that he's actually going to follow through with, with the September 11th withdrawal date. Yeah, and when I talked to you personally, you noted that the Taliban hadn't killed a single American soldier since the Doha agreement. Um, Correct. Is, do you expect yeah. it to still be a thing under Biden? 
No, I, the Taliban has, has come out and said that there will be um, more attacks on troops if we stay past the May 1st date. Um, and so when, when that, when that happens, we'll, we'll, you know, it'll be, it'll be addressed the way it needs to be addressed. Um, I, I hope that that's not something that uh, perpetuates the cycle of, well, they attacked us, so we need to stay there longer. I hope that that's not going to be the narrative. Um, and it's certainly not the narrative that we're going to push that, that because there's more attacks, we need to, to stay there longer. Um, we need to keep the withdrawal time frame of September 11th that, that President Biden has set, and, and we need to keep pushing for that. Uh, we can't let the pressure up. We gotta, we gotta let them know that that we're behind him in this, uh, in in this withdrawal of bringing our troops home. Yeah, and then concerned veterans shares the same belief, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So is this pretty representative of the overall veteran community? Do they share in your belief? Do you think? Yeah. So uh, the latest polling says 67% of veterans believe that we need to withdraw our troops from Afghanistan. That we completed the the original intent of of the invasion, which was to uh, decimate the Al Qaeda, to to take care of the Taliban for harboring Al Qaeda, uh, and to get Bin Laden. And we've accomplished all three of those missions. Uh, and so most most veterans, you know, two thirds of veterans have said that they agree with withdrawal from Afghanistan. And 80% of Montanans at large, uh, well, 80% of Americans at large, believe that we need to bring our troops home. Wow. Yeah. And then. Just before we let you go, what is Concerned Vets' future goals? Like, what, what do they want to do next? So uh, withdrawing our troops just from Afghanistan uh, is, is a very lofty step towards uh, our future goal of, of a foreign policy that's based in realism and restraint. Mm -hmm. um, so when we, when we go into conflicts, we need to first look at it. Is it realistic to be involved in this? Um, is, is that where, where more American resources need to be used? Um, and then if, if it is realistic for us to be there, then there needs to be some restraint. Uh, we can't just send our military in to, to accomplish whatever the mission is. We have to try other avenues first, um, whether that's trade, whether that's diplomacy, whatever that looks like. Um, and, and the military needs to be a last resort. And if we, can, if we can shift our foreign policy viewpoint more to this realism and restraint, then we won't have troops in 159 other countries. So right now we're in 160 countries around the globe. Um, and so withdrawing from, from one country uh, isn't solving the problem. Fixing our foreign policy is going gonna, is gonna to solve that problem. Um, and so we're going to continue working on, on the realm of foreign policy, but we're also going to start working uh, this year on, on uh, continue the mission, uh, which is that mission act that I talked about earlier. It's continuing that mission to continue to provide oversight to the, to the Veterans Administration that, to make sure that they're getting veterans the care that they need in a timely fashion. Um, during the COVID uh, crisis, there was 19.7 million VA appointments that were canceled wow. just during the pandemic alone. And many of those appointments haven't been rescheduled. So we want to make sure that the, the VA is, is going to get those rescheduled, whether it's with the VA or using some of the care in the community programs to get them the care outside of the VA if that's what's required. Uh, so we're going to continue to put pressure on on the Veterans Administration to make sure that they continue the mission. Was the VA accepting COVID-19 appointments or why, why were they delaying appointments? A, a lot of it was because they, they weren't accepting appointments during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. Um, and and a, a lot of the hospitals outside of the VA weren't as well. Uh, so we just want to make sure that the VA picks up the slack. However, that needs to happen, um, whether it's 
through the VA or outside the VA, that that slack gets picked up and those veterans receive the care that they've earned uh, and, the, and the care that they were promised. It's not just that they earned it, they were promised to, that they were going to get that care. Yeah. And so we got to make sure that they continue to get that. Yeah. And then if you just want to tell people how they can get involved with Concerned Vets, please do. And then if there's anything else you want to say. Yeah, absolutely. They can go to uh, our website at cv4a.org. Uh, we have a lot of our stuff on there. Uh, what, we're, what we're starting to work on in the next couple of months is going to be on there. And uh, what we're currently working on is going to be on that website as well. Um, if you want to know more, uh, how you can be more involved with uh, um, ending endless wars, you can text bring them home to 46262. Uh, and then it'll it'll send a, a link directly to your phone that you can go to and, and you can become more involved in, in that process as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. Thank you very much, Liam. I appreciate your time. Yep. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. It's the weekend and we can let go. It's the full send and it's the get-go.